I've got one! Right then, I'm Ollie Double, I'm a lecturer at the University of Kent and this is the Proper Job Gradcast in which we explore how a degree in drama could lead to all kinds of exciting careers in the arts. This will be interesting to you if you're thinking of studying drama at Kent or you're currently at Kent doing drama and thinking about what you might go on to do afterwards or you just like hearing people talking about things. In each episode, I interview a Kent drama graduate working in the arts and this time I'm talking to Kate Lennon who works for UTC Artist Management. Kate is the manager of, of 10 comedians who include Rhea Lena, people you've might have seen at Funny Rabbit, if you know that. So uh, Tucson Douglas, Damon Bamra, and also Laura Lex, who's also a Kent drama grad. And if you're interested, I interviewed Laura for an earlier episode. Kate talks about all kinds of things, like, for example, the difference between an agent and a manager. The fact she never even wanted to be an agent. She was one time in a sketch comedy group called Kitten Killers. She worked in television. She worked for Funny Women. Actually, that's another interesting thing about the interview is that uh, there's a kind of thing about fairness and equality, you know, promoting female comedians in with Funny Women, promoting uh, equality of opportunity through representing people of colour in comedy, things like that. She's great, Kate is, and I, I'm just taking your time up now by talking about her. So instead, let's hear what she has to say. Uh, my name is Kate Lennon. Uh, I graduated uh, University of Kent in 2009 um, and I'm currently working for UTC Artist Management, which is a comedy talent uh, agency. Uh, we also have a few writers and actors as well, but majority of the people that we look after represent are comedians. What's brilliant is you've not only answered the first question, but also the second <laughs> question, which is what's your current job or what kind of things does it entail? <laughs> Well, actually, let's double click on that. So, so you represent acts. Yes. So you're an agent. I am an agent. Yes. Or so we we first a manager. Agent is so American. All right. Tell me what the difference between an agent and a manager is. I suppose in our capacity, so an agent we found is just someone who's very much like books you gigs or jobs or you know gets you the money. Sort of. And I know there's a stigma around agents being like money grabbing. Uh, people in the industry managers as managers we're much more hands-on so we're much more creatively involved with our acts so um you know what we're quite good at with UTC is just making sure that you know we are working alongside our acts to develop their careers so we're not just going you know get on as many tv programs as possible we're saying what do you want to do how do you think your career can develop and um what can we do to help facilitate that you know using our um, contacts so uh, it's much more, yeah, like I said, hands-on, creative. I'm, I'm creatively involved in all my acts sort of sitcoms and um, reading them and giving back notes and feedback um, and also making sure that uh, they're fully prepared for any TV shows or radio shows they go on to so that they know exactly what it is they need to be doing. Um, so, yeah, I have a, a good capacity to get involved creatively as well. I mean, that's interesting, isn't it? Because historically... I mean, there, there have always been agents or indeed managers who do that, who nurture their acts and help them get to where they want to get to um, and take that sort of whole person view of it. But also there are <laughs> agents who possibly don't do that. 
No, I never actually wanted to be an agent because I, I went through a period of being a comedian as well. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I used to book my own gigs and I hated agents because they were just like, oh, yeah, she'll do that. What's a fee? Can we put any more on that? Can we do any more? I'm like, no, <laughs> I have a certain amount of money. So no, really. And, uh, and it sounds like quite a satisfying job, you know, for you as well, because you're watching people develop you know as you take them on you're seeing how they how they grow and become more successful and you know how they get to where they want to get and so on Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it's um I mean I've I have a a range of comedians that I look after it's sort of starting from Rialina who has been quite prominent recently in, in the news and also on tv and then I've got sort of the lower end spectrum so I'm bringing on new acts as well so people that are on the open mic circuit so currently look after uh, Damon Bramra, who is fantastic British Sikh comedian, who just obviously we don't have as good a representation uh, in the industry of, of Sikh comedians as we'd like. So I'm there to help sort of facilitate his journey and, and make sure that he's taking the right stepping stones in order to make it to the point that he wants to get to. So, um, yeah, I really have a quite a wide spectrum of people that I work with. Yeah, I mean, and, and Damon is he was on a Funny Rabbit recently and was absolutely fantastic as well. Yeah, he's really good. And and also Toussaint Douglas was on for us recently. He's who's who's another brilliant um newer comedian. Hmm. So okay, we're on to question three. Okay. How did you get from graduating in 2009 to working for UTC now? You know, what was that journey like for you? Many, many moons later. Um, so I graduated and I stuck around in Canterbury for a little bit uh, before I actually followed Laura Lex to London. And we both did the same um, selling course. So we went into sales, which is horrendous, but as a graduate, that's the only thing you can do. She went off to a different company. I went off to like a recruitment company. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And I tried as much as possible to find my way into TV. So I went on every TV course I could find, like how to become a junior researcher. Um, there were free university like mini courses that I did. I tried to find any which way to get in. And I found a few contacts along the way. And then uh, I quit recruitment and was like, I need to give this a full-time go. And did find a, a running job uh, with Zodiac Media, which is RDF Television. And actually one of my contacts at, uh, at Kent Uni got me in, Adrian, Adrian Gooby, I think. Yeah, found me a, a job in there. And then I went there. Um, I did running, which was horrendous, but you have to start at the bottom in order to work your way up. And then Bwok Television, who made the in-betweeners, they were in need of us like a secretary or an office manager because their secretary had um, broken its leg playing football. So I managed to get in there because they knew I love comedy. So um, yeah, I went and worked for Block for about six to eight months. Um, and that was amazing because that, you know, they just finished the first Inbetweeners film. And so I was sort of dealing with all the press and all the media and all the um, PR that goes with the release of a new film. And they went to the like, comedy awards I got to go with them um, that was amazing that's the last comedy awards they had with um Kylie Nogue and Jeff Goldblum there as well it's just ridiculous yeah and then sort of in tv when you're in tv you go from job to job based on like the crew and who you're with and if someone likes you they'll take you on to the next job so that's sort of how I worked my way in so I was a runner for a while I was a locations assistant for a while I did film as well and then I did some time out I went traveling as everyone has to do and then came back and was on uh, Cardinal Burns Series 2 
as the runner there, which was a eye-opening experience. But um, I was working with Ben Palmer, who does, um, sorry, Ben Taylor, who is now the director of sex education, and John Jennings, who is the first AD of sex education as well. So I made some ex- ex- excellent contacts there as well. And after a while, I was again trying my hand at different bits, and I decided to put my own comedy sketch group together. So I found four women, and we all got together and we did Edinburgh with the Kitten Killers. If anyone remembers back back in the day. Yeah, I saw Kitten Killers, but I think it was after your time with them. Maybe. Yeah, oh yeah, when there were three of them. So yeah, we did that for a while. We did Edinburgh. That was a fantastic experience. But then I found another job with Funny Women. So I left Kitten Killers, so I could concentrate with Funny Women and what I was doing there. And I really enjoyed the um, just the whole uh, experience of Funny Women and, and really supporting women in comedy, really being a, an ambassador for that. So, so Funny Women, for those people who don't know, is an organisation that promotes women in comedy through an annual competition, amongst other things, you know, workshops and things like that. And they just come up to their 20th birthday, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I think, came in year 14. So yeah. <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been a while since then. But yeah, that's, you know, a fantastic organisation. And I was with them for about three years, um, sort of working my way up to becoming senior producer. So I actually produced the awards one year when it was at Camden in and yeah, and then from there, I left Funny Women, did my own thing for a while, thinking I wanted to set my own production company and sort of doing live gigs as well. So I worked quite heavily with Tanya Moore in Tottenham and we produced a, uh, an, a monthly comedy night at a theatre there, which was really great. And also sort of opened the door for me into very sort of like specific comedy nights because obviously Tottenham has a a large black population so I worked with Tanya in order to make sure that there was representation uh, on all of our gigs and making sure that we had uh, you know uh, we're attracting the right audiences and then I joined UTC yeah full circle now so I joined UTC and I started as a live booker live producer and then I worked my way into becoming a, a talent manager like I am now so um, I did one year as live producing, so I knew all the gigs in the country and you could test my knowledge of, on any gig in the country and I can t- tell you who books it. Um, and now I'm sort of becoming a senior talent manager, having done now three years as a talent manager and building my roster. And I've got 10 people currently, that 10 comedians that I look after. And it was always sort of an aim for me, especially it was quite important that I had equal representation of men and women because obviously so many women are overlooked in the industry. But uh, I currently have four women and six men, so I'm on the hunt for another woman. This is my new aim. That is a great answer. And, <laughs> and, it, it, and I'd like to pick up on a couple of things that there, really. Yeah. I mean, one is that there are a lot of jobs there. There are a lot of steps on the ladder to where you are now. And, you know, it's possible that ladder may go further and somewhere else, it's, you know, in the future. But so quite a few of those steps were in the first couple of years, right? Um, yeah, I'd say so. So... After leaving uni, did the recruitment stuff for about a month. But then, yeah, into TV I went. And then it, TV is a sort of long process because you have to really prove your worth and you have to, you know, know the right people. You have to also be a bit bullshit and say, right, I want to focus in this specific area. Otherwise, you'd get sort of drawn down the fact to end or um, documentary routes, you know, um, because there's lots of those and there's not, there's fewer comedy programs. So I always took to my guns when I came to what I wanted to do because I know that it was important that I stayed within comedy um, and entertainment. That was where my sort of wheelhouse was from all the time I spent in Kent. So, um, yeah, 
that's, so, uh, that's what I would bullshit about. <laughs> so, so there's a thing there to do with knowing what you want and going for it and having the confidence to do that and mm. having the confidence to sort of follow and find your way into different areas of comedy. And also presumably, you know, well, not presumably, specifically developing your skills, because, I mean, you were saying that when you started with UTC, you know, you were you got to know every every comedy club in the country and that's developing your knowledge and skills. Right. Yeah. But it, the other thing that occurs to me hearing your account is and this comes up a lot and I hate to use the word, but networking. Because you said, you know, I, I got in via somebody I knew at Kent. And then you said, oh, I was working with Laura Lex. I think you represent Laura now. Is that right? Um, yeah. After um, how many, 15, 20 years of friendship, we now uh, work together. So it's lovely, glorious. But but all but you, you mentioned a lot, you know, I got to know some somebody or I got to know somebody else or then I went to work with so, so, somebody. And, and I think people think of networking as being like really cynical and American like you've got a little index card thing in your pocket and you look through and wait they've got two kids I better ask them about that or something but it's not like that at all really is it not at all I mean it really I think you have to start with who you know and and you make friends and especially in the you know comedy industry it's such a small world so you're gonna you're bound to know someone at least Um, and if not just go up to someone at the end of the gig and say hey you know can I talk to you about stuff and everyone is so open to having a chat or if you buy them a coffee they're very open to it but yeah I suppose when faced with networking situations it's something it's a skill you have to learn but I recently went to the BBC comedy festival and you know you're in a room of people you should be talking to and you're sort of like how do I edge my way into this conversation but after a while you just you know get rid of all those inhibitions you just go for it because it's business at the end of the day so you need if you want to make the connection you've got to make the effort to you know get in there um go be in it to win it so I think it's just a skill you learn and it's just something that you um develop over time and you know even some like psychology of emails you know I love a really well written email you know oh but um it really is like how you approach someone and just being as friendly as possible because there's just no room in this world for for naughty people am I allowed to swear on this one (laughs) yes you are (laughs) it's positively encouraged (laughs) Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I, th- I think I think um, the other thing that's worth bearing in mind is when you're edging your way into somebody else's conversation, even if that person's on, on paper way more important than you, because that's a two way thing, because they might be able to get stuff from you as well as you getting stuff from them. Right. Yeah. And also, you know, they all had to start somewhere and the majority of people in TV started as runners. So if you've got a great runner story, you know, we've all got runner stories or something horrendous we've had to do with a runner. But it's always good to have that common connection because they did have to start somewhere. And um, if you can, if you can do your research a little bit as well beforehand and say, "Oh, you made such and such program. I, I really love that, and I really like what you did with it." And then um, it was, you know, find something else. Not just like I love it. Just say, you know, I thought the representation on it was fantastic. You really covered a wide spectrum of people and communities. You know, it really gets to them and, and makes them think about actually, no, I'm doing a good job. So. They're more likely to speak to you after that when <laughs> you're telling them they're doing a good job. Yeah, I think it's just it's just a skill you have to learn. You have to just get in there and, and be a bit bullshit. But my my boss, my mentor is Polly McGurr, who is just fantastic. She's been in TV as well, and she decided to set up the UTC agency because there wasn't representation um, on TV or radio. So she was sort of pioneering that um, in terms of making sure that there was equal representation and she's just been amazing, just incredible. Fantastic. 
and and of course you know as you say it's a skill that you learn is is talking to people to network but at the same time it's building on a skill that you've already been learning all your life which is talking to other people yeah and and i I think as well i think it's a mistake that i made when i was younger was imagining that anybody who i thought had power over me you know in terms of you know being able to say whether i got on somewhere or not was some all powerful gatekeeper therefore in a way inhuman whereas of course that's not the case at all it's just they're a person and you know you can get to know them just like you get to know any other person yeah and exactly I think also the internet has had a big part to play in that in that you can do your research ahead of time so you can look up someone on LinkedIn you can you know stalk their Facebook if you want to do if it's open um but just knowing more about the people I mean I'm not uh, sort of condoning stalking at all but at the same time if you can do your research on what they previously worked on or um, if you're aware of their sort of previous career then it does help in sort of making conversation happen and also I like you know just don't talk about work necessarily so you know oh my god I love your shoes where did they get those from um always helps yeah that's a that's a really good tip so so we're on to the fourth question which is how did studying drama at Kent help you to get where you are now? What did you take from your degree that you still use or that you've used since graduating? I mean, I mean, all every comedy module I could do, I think I did. Um, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> Definitely leaving that in the edit. Yeah, I know. It really did help in that, uh, A, you get good connections I'm still obviously still working with Laura and I still have great connections with um, some of my fellow classmates at Kent so that's always helpful and a lot of those people go on to work in the industry so I know you know there's a there's definitely five or six people who are still working in TV who if I needed to I could you know go in and say sorry that you're working on this would really love to have a conversation with you about one of my acts and getting him on or her on so there is that and I think as well, um, I've continued to play sports. So at Kent, I played hockey and I've continued to play hockey outside, but I've made so many connections through playing sports as well. So um, I used to play tag rugby uh, at Kenton Park and I was playing with a girl called Bex and I was like, oh, it's Bex, you know, Bex. She's a Channel 4 commissioner. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, we only found this out when I turned up uh, on set of uh, Mo Gilligan latest show when she was there. She was like, oh, what are you doing here? And I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> so um, that was a nice connection to make. But having that sort of personal connection with her just meant that we were already off on a you know two or three stages ahead of having to make introductions, take food for coffee, maintain a relationship. So um, that massively helped as well. I think team sports, especially, you learn how to work within team environments and in an agency where you're dealing with people and you're managing people, you've got to learn how to deal with people. So uh, team sports is also the key. But I think with all the stuff within drama and theatre studies at uni, I developed massively my confidence and my ability to speak to people and work with people. And I also just think the amount, the sheer amount of uh, um, knowledge you gain from the course and you know, your background into, like I did variety theatre, I now know, you know, a lot about Little Titch and things like that. And I know I go to the Museum of Comedy where shoes are, and I'm like, oh yeah, those are shoes. You know, that's really cool. Um, and having that underground, uh, I think we did um, theatres in London, one module, and having just that knowledge of all the comedy venues and the comedy store being such a massive part of the, what's it called, comedy scene? I know you taught it to me. <laughs> well, kind of the development of the comedy scene, right? Yeah. 
And, you know, we did, we discussed up the creek and I now, you know, work for an agency that we have that as a venue. And um, it's just so, you don't think about that being part of your life later on, but actually for me, it's been just incredible having all that sort of background knowledge. Fab, thank you. We've got just one more question. This is called the proper job gradcast because of people who say if you do job, you won't get a proper job. So my question to you, Kate Lennon, what would you say to people who say that doing a degree in drama won't lead to a proper job? Uh, well, I disagree entirely. I'd do a proper job. Uh, I think my dad wouldn't disagree. <laughs> no, I think it, you've got to want it. You've got to really want it. And I, I look at people who are bankers or you know estate agents and go, I just wouldn't be able to do that. I would not be able to do the same thing day in day out, and you know be happy. And for me, especially, it's it's about a very clear work life balance, making sure that I am happy and I am maintaining a level that is working for me. And um, if anything gets too much, you know, I have a very supportive team around me. I am now married. I've got a very supportive husband. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. But it's, I would never want to be in a job that made me feel that I wasn't using the best of my abilities and what I've learned in my degree. I chose my degree because I wanted to make a career out of it. And, you know, if I didn't, then I think I would have, you know, felt that I hadn't achieved my full potential. So you really do have to just keep going and, you know, making sure that you are making the right pathway for yourself but also believing that you can be the best you can be and that you have the knowledge and skills that will make it happen for you one day right my favorite bits of the interview first of all the importance of communication that's a great takeaway so you know a well-written email could get you a long way especially if beforehand you've done some research perhaps Googled the person you're emailing and you could talk a little bit about the work they've done that you admire. That's a good way of getting people to sort of take notice of you. Also, edging your way into conversation. I, she, she, I love the fact she mentioned Little Titch because he's, he's a, he was a music hall comedian from Kent who I'm slightly obsessed with. And uh, you might think you don't know Little Titch, but if you're a current Kent student, you do, even if you don't know you do, because those two big cartoony paintings just outside the Afro and Lumley that's little titch. Incidentally, he's where we get the word titch from, meaning somebody who's small. He was famous for his big boot dance. So that footwear leads me on to the final takeaway from the interview for me, which is just my favourite line, which is, oh my God, I love your shoes. Right, that's all for this episode. I'll be back very soon with another proper job gradcast. Gotta, gotta get a proper job.